Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Not Just Paleo. I'm your host, Evan Brand. Thanks for spending time with me. It's ridiculous how much noise there is out in the world, and for you to stop and hang out with me for an hour a week, that's incredible. Thank you so much. You know, I'm still getting a lot of emails about people wanting to start their own podcast and get their health coach business going, get their gym going, learn to coach people online, et cetera, et cetera. The easiest way for me to help you is just for you to sign up for my membership site, healthbloggerpro.com. I have over 150 videos there that I've made. It took a long time to make. But that will answer more than you need to know. Podcast editing, how to create content, how to write your first ebook. I mean, there's so much stuff in there. It's kind of ridiculous. So check it out, healthbloggerpro.com. And if you're somebody tuning into the show and you want to dig deeper into your health, visit my website, notjustpaleo.com. Schedule a free consult with me. I'd love to hear about all the struggles and things that you've been through with the conventional model, and I see it failing every day. And I'm here to help you get to the root cause of your issues. So schedule a free consult there, and here's the show. Enjoy. Hey, it's Dr. J here. Evan, what's going on, man? Hey, not much. I just finished up some matcha, some organic matcha and shajandra. So I'm feeling pretty turned on in terms of my brain function today. Turned on. I like it, man. That sounds good. That sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm having a pretty spectacular morning. It's Friday. It's it's hot. It's sunny in Austin. So I mean I can't really complain. Actually flying out in a few hours to go up to San Francisco here for the for the weekend. So I'm pretty excited about that. That sounds good. What are you doing up there? You know what? We're just doing a little bit of R and R. Gonna travel a little bit. I lived in San Francisco for five years, so heading back to the old hood. Wow. So it'll feel like going getting home, away man. from some of this Texas heat. Yeah, I know. Phew, I'm sure it's hot. That's one thing I'm glad to be back in Kentucky, man. We're not burning up like like I was there. I was waiting for the snow to come, and it never came. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I hang out on the lake a lot in the summer, and that kind of cools it off. That's true, that's true. You can go down to the Barton, uh, Barton Creek Springs downtown there. It's really nice. Yes, it is. Awesome, buddy. Awesome. So anything new with you? Any patient stories this week? Yeah, actually, I just posted a testimonial on my YouTube page or my website if people wanted to see it. It was a patient that I saw inside of the chiropractor's office, one of my very, very few in-person patients that I see these days because I'm like you. A lot of people are not in the local area that need help. So anyway, she basically eliminated her sugar cravings. I guess I would say I eliminated them, maybe she just felt the effects within two to three days of her supplement protocol. So when I did the initial symptom gathering process on her, I saw that she had some blood sugar issues going on, which surprise most people do. And right, exactly. So I recommended some supplements that were going to support some blood sugar, some aqueous chromium and a couple different other biotics products that have some good you know, blood sugar support nutrients in there. And her testimonial was verbatim to this. I usually have trouble going through the candy aisle, but I went into the grocery and I felt like going straight to the vegetable section. I was like, wow. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. So she said her stress is already better. She had a lot going on with her husband. 
he's got some pretty bad health issues and so that stress bucket is full but she's already feeling a little bit calmer which is then in turn reducing her amount of emotional and stress eating that she identified with on the questionnaire she was a one of those people that she feels stressed out she'll go and like eat a candy bar and now she's able to right. to work through those times what about well, you that's awesome man it's a great story. Well, I had a patient. I've actually had a couple patients in the last week where they've had some severe autoimmune conditions. This one patient I saw has an autoimmune condition named hydronitis suppurativa. Yep. So this is a, a really interesting autoimmune condition that like attacks the skin and creates these major boils or welts, almost to the point where they have to be you know surgically removed because they become so massive. Uh, this patient had some surgery scheduled to actually get some of these hydronitis uh, suppurativas removed. And we talked and we just did a little bit of dietary work and a little bit of adrenal work off the bat. And within one month when she got ready to see the general surgeon to have the lesions looked at, they were gone. And the surgeon was like, what did you do? This, what happened? The surgeon was flabbergasted. And this just really comes down to a lot of the chronic conditions that medicine is seeing are autoimmune and medicine is not addressing the underlying issues of autoimmunity which is stress which is a leaky gut which is a lot of food induced stuff and there's a lot of infections and underlying issues on top of that now with this patient we didn't even have a chance to dive deep enough into the real deeper functional medicine issues but just an autoimmune diet made a massive difference and this is just so cool because you know, conventional medicine doesn't really have a solution for this, but in the functional medicine world where we live, there's so many things we can do. That's awesome. That's a great story. Yeah, I've actually had a podcast on that topic. Uh, I can't remember the name of the book now, but there's an author that wrote a book about that, and she struggled a ton with it. And it's crazy because it's a very under-recognized condition. Some people at first think they have eczema and these other yeah. kind of generic skin issues, and then they really have an autoimmune skin issue, which sounds terrifying. Oh, yeah. And the cool thing about our podcast, I'm really loving our dynamic. We're getting a lot of great feedback on your show, on my show. And I think the podcast that we're producing is just different than most because we're having a lot of clinical feedback and we're really helping people walk away with a lot of action items. I don't want people just to walk away feeling like they just got some brain candy and it's like, you know, they got some stuff for Jeopardy, right? I want them to feel like they got some brain candy, but they also got like an action item that they can walk away with and make their life better performance-wise, whether it's a biohacking thing or a clinical pearl, just something they can walk away with. They can be like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be better after listening to this podcast, healthier right. in some way. Yeah, I mean, I'm coming up on 150 episodes of my podcast, and I've really felt for a while that I'm helping people, but in a certain way, some of these episodes that I've put up, and I've even not put up episodes since with some people because I feel like it was just blabber and too much about them and not enough about action and things like that, and so I'm really trying to shift the show, so hopefully people are enjoying that on my end as well, and I've gotten some feedback that, that verifies it, and the downloads are you know higher than ever, so apparently something's working. Yeah, and anyone listening to this and feeling like, you know what, maybe they're at a crossroads of their health where they're not quite sure what to do, reach out to Evan or reach out to me and we can kind of put together an action plan of what the next steps we can move forward on to get to the underlying cause of your health issues versus just covering up symptoms, which is really the only option in the conventional medical model. Yeah, or ignoring them or saying they don't exist, like Lyme disease, for example. That's a whole other podcast topic, but very timely. Yeah, or just numbing you out and giving you an antidepressant. Or 
again, being a functional medicine uh, doctor is very stressful too because you get to hear all the horror stories. I can't tell you how many patients that come see me each week have seen their medical you know, medical provider, their GP, whatever, and they've been told it's all in their head. Yeah. I, just, I can't, I mean, four or five times a week, it makes me want to pull my hair out because I see people suffering and we see them come back on tests where they have functional issues and their conventional doctor is just like, yeah, um, it's all in your head. And they look at them like they're making it up. And I'm like, oh my God, there's a physiological and biochemical explanation and just because it doesn't fit into the mold of, you know, cutting it out or drugging it doesn't mean it's all in their head. Totally. Yeah, I've seen that too. It's always crazy to look at the symptoms and then you look at the prescriptions they're taking. And it's like, why? Why Lexapro? Why Valium? Let, yeah. Why, why do you need this stuff? And I know there's a time and place for that model for some people and maybe there's extreme scenarios, but oftentimes there's a much better alternative that happens to come from a plant or uh, some type of botanical extract or something. So there are options out there. I guess that's kind of what yeah. you're getting at. And it may be in their head from the perspective of their gut's inflamed and inflammation in the gut creates inflammation in the brain. And there may be some brain inflammation, meaning it is in their head, but not from the perspective that the MDs, meaning that they're making it up, right? There may be an underlying etiology and biochemical issue that is partly affecting the brain, but they're not making it up, though. Right. Cool. Well, let's dig in. We chatted a little bit about amino acids and brain chemistry and mood. I wanted to dive in deep to that because conventional medicine, for the most part, it's antidepressants, it's antipsychotics, it's um, benzodiazepines like Xanax and such, it's Wellbutrin, right? SSNRIs, um, things that modulate norepinephrine or dopamine or the reuptake of serotonin or increased GABA receptor site sensitivity, all these drugs, they do nothing but change the location of a lot of these brain chemicals, which I might add all come from protein. So this is powerful, right? In the conventional medical kind of field, we have drugs that change the location of these brain compounds or these neurochemical compounds. And in functional medicine world, from just a supplement standpoint, when we give specific amino acids to alter brain chemistry, we're trying to change the amount of these brain chemicals by altering building blocks versus conventional medicines just changing the location. And this is a fascinating kind of comparison. You want to break it down a little more? Oh, yeah. Neurotransmitters are basically brain chemicals. That's the easy way to remember them. And scientists, I haven't identified per personally any, but I know they're out there. Scientists have identified over 100, and they actually have no clue how many neurotransmitters there are in total. But typically when we're talking about helping people with health symptoms, we're focusing on just a key group of neurotransmitters such as the GABA, the serotonin, you have the dopamine, you have your adrenaline, and then you have your noradrenaline or your epinephrine and norepinephrine, wherever you are in the world, whatever you call it. And these basically, to me, they run the show. Hormones are equally, if not more important, but to me, neurotransmitters are huge. And I've, I mean, I just wrote an entire book. It's not out with the publisher yet, but I just wrote an entire book on neurotransmitters, basically talking about the way that different herbs and supplements interact with this brain chemistry and how you can tweak it towards your benefit, whether you're somebody listening that just wants some more cognitive enhancement, some, you know, brain power, some focus ability, or if you're somebody who can't go out of your house or go to the grocery store without having a panic attack, there's a wide spectrum of people that are struggling that can get help 
once they first measure with some lab testing and then accurately treat or align or balance those underlying brain chemical deficiencies or imbalances. Absolutely. So the first thing we have to look at is that all of our brain chemicals, for the most part, are made from protein. And protein is like the pearl necklace, and the individual pearls are like the amino acids. So amino acids, especially L-tyrosine, which gets converted into dopamine, L-tryptophan and 5-HTP, which get converted into serotonin. So these are like our master neurochemicals, and they all come from protein. So first step is making sure the diet is protein-rich, good quality um, natural organic sources of protein. That's number one. Number two, are we digesting these proteins, right? Do we have enough hydrochloric acid and enzyme secretions to be able to break it down? And then number three, if we aren't able to break it down, what are the underlying infections, dysbiosis, SIBO, parasites, H. pylori, et cetera, that are creating this malabsorption? So we kind of look at the front end. How's the supply chain coming in? Are we putting enough good amino acids and proteins in our mouth? Are we breaking them down? Is there an infection in the gut that's affecting that breakdown? Once we know that front end chain's okay, the next is, well, where are our protein levels at in our brain? Where are our amino acid levels at in our brain? And we can use symptom surveys that look at dopamine or serotonin symptoms. And we can also look at organic acid tests, which I think are really cool. They can give us a indirect indicator of the metabolites of dopamine, which is like vanomandolate or homovanolate, or we can look at serotonin, which a good metabolite is 5-hydroxy and doloacetate. So we can look at these from an empirical perspective, symptoms, but also from a lab perspective. I like to do both. For me, it's really yeah. fun to look at the symptoms and see how accurate some of those symptom questionnaires can be. I really enjoy uh, Julia Ross's symptom symptom questionnaire, I guess we'll call it. It's amazing. I'll sometimes laugh at some of the symptoms I'm going through and I'll tell Hannah, my wife, instead of saying like, I'm feeling blue or low, I'll just say, oh God, I'm low on serotonin today. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And again, conventional medicine, right? Let's kind of break it down. I alluded to it briefly. So I'm going to do a little demo here. You being able to see me on video, it'll make more sense to you. I'm going to try to describe what I'm doing. So I'm putting my my two knuckles together like this. So you can see here, I have one fist on the left side connecting with the other fist on the right side. And I'm going to leave a little gap between the fist. So my left arm here, this is my presynaptic neuron. The little gap between my left fist and my right fist is my synapse or the synaptic cleft. And then my right fist here is my postsynaptic neuron. So again, the action potential and the neuroconductivity is happening from this left arm over this little synaptic cleft into the right arm, which is my postsynaptic neuron. So I know big talk, we'll try to put some demos or pictures in the transcription. So head over to beyondwellnessradio.com for that. So you're going to see all of the serotonin and dopamine precursors are all up here in, in this presynaptic neuron. It gets released out into this synaptic cleft. And that serotonin and dopamine hangs out and it kind of helps bridge that gap of that action potential from that presynaptic neuron to that postsynaptic neuron. Now, most drugs, they prevent the reuptake. So the whole idea is these neurochemicals sit in this synaptic cleft and they get pulled back up into that presynaptic neuron and get recycled. 
And what these drugs do is they prevent the reuptake of these neurochemicals. So they accumulate and they sit longer in between that synapse where they can have a, a physiological effect. Now, the only problem with that is it works, but in the short run it works, but in the long run it doesn't work because all these meds are doing, they're just changing the location of where these compounds live. So instead of being up in that presynaptic neuron, they're now in that synaptic cleft. Now, the problem is these neurochemicals get recycled and broken down faster the more they're in that synaptic cleft. So the, more, the longer you're on these medications, you actually create more deficiencies with these brain compounds because they're being recycled faster. And that's why anyone that's on one of these medications, they're going to have the experience of having their dosage, their medication either change to a stronger one or having an increase in the dosage. So the whole idea of being able to come off Unless that underlying cause is fixed, typically those symptoms get worse when you come off these meds. So that's why the amino acids are so different because we're coming in and actually changing the supply, not just the location. Incredible. Yeah. And that explains why, you know, I've had some people that have had prescriptions for benzo. I always just call them benzos for short, uh, yep. but the Xanax or Valium, yep. you know, that are mostly acting on the GABA receptors. If I'm not mistaken, since those are GABA antagonists, that would be down-regulating your actual production of GABA. So when they try to come off, they have less GABA than they had before they even started the Xanax, and now their panic attacks and their anxiety is triple or quadruple what it was before they even started the medicine. Absolutely. Plus, the underlying physiological, the underlying biochemical reasons of why they were having anxiety to begin with is just totally ignored. Whether it's excessive stimulation by the adrenals because they're making too much catecholamines or adrenaline or because their gut's on fire and they're burning through their neurochemicals, those underlying reasons are ignored. So the problem only gets worse and worse over time and then they're reliant upon this constant stream of medications just to control the symptoms so they can function. Yeah, if I go back to the lady that I was discussing at the beginning of the podcast, you know, she was having a lot of blood sugar issues. To me, you know, there's a piece of the adrenals that are going that are going haywire because the piece of the blood sugar is going haywire. She's in her mid 50s right now, so she's been dealing with this stuff for a long time, and she's gone to the mainstream doctor before and said, "Hey, I'm completely." overwhelmed with my husband i'm trying to take care of him i'm very sick etc etc and the only thing they had to offer her was a either an antidepressant or b an anti-anxiety medicine to handle the stress and she said flat out and, and they can see it on the video she said i don't want the drugs and she wouldn't have gotten better because the blood sugar is the issue or her stress bucket is too full and she doesn't have enough stress bucket so that's kind of where I'm trying to help fix her as opposed to leading her astray. I mean, it's just, it's really scary to be honest with you how quickly some of this stuff could get derailed. I've talked to you about my blood sugar stuff being being low in the middle of the day, and you're like, dude, Evan, go eat, man. Like, what are you doing? Because if I say I went to the doctor for some reason and said, hey, I'm feeling low and fatigued and maybe a little bit anxious in the middle of the day. They're not going to ask, are you skipping meals and your blood sugar's low? They're going to say, well, hey, let's get you on something. 
Exactly. Exactly. And that's the difference between conventional medicine and functional medicine. So the first pillar is going to be blood sugar, right? Because blood sugar is going to create your, or it's going to stimulate your adrenals to make more adrenaline and more cortisol to help bring that blood sugar back up and stabilize it, which can cause the jitters. Anyone, you know, gets that feeling where they get those the little, little spidey senses going, where they get that little tingling, that little butterflies because of stress. Well, one of the biggest hormonal stressors is blood sugar imbalances. That's number one. Number two, most people have chronic stress that has now affected their gut and they have malabsorption, they have uh, infections, they have inflammation in their gut and inflammation in the gut creates inflammation in the brain. All right? Now it's important, right? A lot of like, like people talk about serotonin in your gut. Well, serotonin in your gut, serotonin can't cross the blood-brain barrier. Can't. Same with dopamine, but the precursors, the substrates to serotonin and dopamine can, meaning the 5-HTP can cross that blood-brain barrier. The L-tyrosine can cross the blood-brain. So these are important things because when we have malabsorption and gut issues and stress, we can therapeutically use these amino acids at specific doses together. We don't want to use them uh, single, at least not longer than two or three months, and we can therapeutically boost up brain chemicals. And it's important. You never want to take these without B6 as well because B6 is an important carrier. It's an escort that helps these things cross the blood-brain barrier and convert into their end-stage neurochemicals. It'd be good to go a little bit deeper on that. You said don't take for two to three months, and I've had people that have been on 5-HTP for two to three years, and they're wrecked. And I want you to explain why because people are like, huh, why, why not? Well, 5-HTP is fine to take for a few months. The problem with it is that if you take it, you want to take it with L-tyrosine together long-term and sulfur amino acids. The reason why is because the amino acid decarboxylase enzyme gets upregulated when you're taking dopamine precursors and or 5-HTP precursors. So if you've got more building blocks coming in on the 5-HTP side – and you have less on the L-tyrosine side, well, guess what? You're going to create a deficiency in L-tyrosine and, because and, those enzymes are all revved up. And therefore, a deficiency in dopamine. And therefore, a deficiency in dopamine. That's why a lot of, uh, for instance, Parkinson's patients that are on the carbidopa or the, the, the drug called Cinemet, they actually – that's like – pharmaceutical L-DOPA, they create massive deficiencies in serotonin and they also create massive deficiencies in vitamin B6 because that enzyme is also involved in metabolizing B6. So you can create deficiencies with other nutrients and other neurochemicals that are needed to be there. So it's important. It's not just the amino acids, but you want a lot of the precursors and the building blocks. So when I'm working with patients, anytime we're doing amino acid therapy for the brain long term, we got to have B6. We got to have a broad spectrum multivitamin that's going to have some calcium and vitamin C and other B vitamins that are important. We got to have uh, at least some level of 5 HTP with the L tyrosine. Some of my Parkinson patients, they just need 50 to 150 milligrams of 5 HTP, and they may be up in the gram level, six, seven, eight grams of L tyrosine, but they need at least a little bit of that to prevent a lot of the low serotonin like symptoms because we're pushing that enzyme, that amino acid decarboxylase enzyme, really high. The balancing act. Yeah. And then the last thing I don't think I emphasized enough is the sulfur amino acids. We need. 
either SAMI, cysteine, or L-methionine present to really make sure we can have healthy dopamine synthesis because we need sulfur amino acids there for healthy dopamine. Now, in the short term, not necessary, but in the long term, longer than a few months, we definitely want the sulfur amino acids present. Yeah, and I also recommend sulfur-containing foods, too. Obviously, it's not yes. may not be as potent as the sulfur amino acids, but just getting in some more steamed broccoli and things like that, because I know that that can help with GABA production as well, but I'm not a complete sulfur expert. Yeah, so when it comes to sulfur, um, a lot of good benefits for it. Again, you have it like in your cruciferous vegetables, things like DIM, methane, or indole-3-carbonyl. Really important, very helpful for hormone and you know exogenous hormone metabolism like estrogens, but we really want the amino acids. And a lot of people that have been exposed to toxins, they really screw up their brain chemistry because one, it creates neuron bundle damage. So that pre- and post-synaptic neuron helps carry accent potential and neuronal current from pre to post neuron. And if that bundle, that neuron's damage, we need more stimulation, more of a neurochemical input. So the dopamine levels or the serotonin levels that were there before need to be much higher. So that's why toxins can affect the brain because it can cause you to burn up your sulfur amino acids because your sulfur amino acids are needed for detoxification. So the more toxins, the more you burn up your sulfur, number one. And then number two, the more you damage your pre and post synaptic neuron, which requires more dopamine and more serotonin for that input. So think of serotonin and dopamine as like the whip that cracks the horse, right? So you get a real tired horse, you have to whip it a little bit harder. Now, the whole idea is that we're, you know, sleeping and eating and doing all the other things. We're not just coming in there and replacing Wellbutrin or Zoloft or Lexapro with amino acids. It may be better, but again, we want to make sure we do the other things as well as use the amino acids. Yeah, and I think you've just given us inspiration for another podcast topic that we could do on all the toxins out there. Because when you say toxins, for me, I picture so many different things that people are going to be curious about how they can remove their toxic load from the personal skin products to being behind a big semi-truck that's spewing black smoke and diesel fumes everywhere so there's so many different things thrown at you that we really want to have a good defense system against and it sucks in five in in five o'clock traffic you know that people are dealing with i wish you could have your windows down and get tons of fresh air but unfortunately it seems that the best thing to do to protect yourself is to have the windows up and have your air recirculate on yep And I just want to make sure anyone listening to this walks away saying if you're on any of these medications, these SSRIs, SSNREs, whatever you're on, don't just come off them. You want to make sure whoever you're prescribing, psychiatrist or MD was, you want to make sure if you are going to come off them, you go off them tapered under their permission and guidance. These things can cause lots of problems. So let's say you're a person that wants to use some of these neurochemicals. One, you want to make sure you kind of find a stable dose with these amino acids. Work with a practitioner because the amino acids cause the drugs to work better. And if you look at the side effects of too much of these drugs, well, that's what you can suffer from by giving more of these building blocks. So look at the side effects. If you give too much, you're going to basically cause the drugs to work better, and you may suffer from those side effects. So work with someone. If you start seeing some of these symptoms, then you want to talk to your 
psychiatrist or your MD who prescribe them and have them taper off slowly. You don't want to go cold turkey. You can see a lot of problems. So be responsible. That's step one. And step two, I'm not against these drugs totally. I think they can be very helpful if someone's in a acute emotional situation where they may commit suicide. It may be helpful to help stabilize you so you don't do something drastic like end your life. So it can be very helpful in a very acute situation. But outside of that, these aren't the best things to be on long term because they don't fix any of the issues and they cause a constant reliance on these meds even more and create more symptoms and more side effects. Just look at all of the side effects of these medications. Go to rxlist.com, punch in these meds, look at the side effects. They're quite plentiful and the natural alternatives are so much safer, but we don't want to just jump to them without the guidance of our conventional prescribing doctor tapering us off though. Yeah, I'm glad you made the disclaimer there because I feel so excited by this information that if I were on something, would be like, oh my God, I'm switching today. I'm switching over to straight GABA instead of Xanax. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So I think the take home is eat protein. If you're a vegetarian, if you're someone that's not eating much protein, eat protein first. If you're having any digestive symptoms, make sure you're digesting your food second. If you're taking HCL or enzymes and it's still not fixing the issue, well, you need to dig deeper because it's probably an infection. That's where they'd reach out to someone like myself or you or Dr. Kalish that works with people that have these issues that addresses the gut, addresses the diet, and then can dig deeper into the brain and, and customize the amino acids, do the testing that gets to the root issue. Yeah, to me, neurotransmitters are one of the most fascinating aspects of everything I do. When I have people that want to focus on the brain side of things, improving focus, attention, things like that, I just geek out. I love helping people with the digestive issue side of things and the, you know, the more GI type issues because those are so common. But the brain people, the biohacker crowd, that's, man, it's fun. Absolutely. So I think everyone's kind of ha- walks away with some good action items that they can just. Get to sleep before 11, sleep eight hours, eat more protein, and make sure their digestion's working good. And then from there, if if anything else is still present, that's where they can reach out to dig a little bit deeper because this can be a little confusing, but the foundation stuff are always the same. Yeah, and I would I would add to your to your takeaway list, you know, getting outside, getting some walks in nature whenever possible. It, if we're able to reduce the speed that you're going to be burning through your neurotransmitters, you know, GABA, the breaks of the brain in a way, if we can reduce the speed that we're going to burn through those reserves, that's a good thing to do. So if instead of you driving in the fast lane today while you're listening to this podcast because you're so pumped up, maybe take the middle lane or maybe even take the slow lane and do the speed limit or closer to the speed limit and allow the people that are doing 20, 30 miles per hour over the speed limit, let them go because they're burning themselves out and you can slowly enjoy your highway drive yeah i think the emotional stuff is important the meditation walk in nature gratitude all of these things are going to help the emotional side of the fence which help the neurochemical and the adrenal side because you're not burning through your dopamine to make adrenaline right dopamine gets burnt up to make adrenaline when stressed so if you can take that gas pedal off a little bit hit the brake a little bit by doing some of the things you mentioned that will also help big time yeah, and a float tank. If you have access to a float tank, go to floatationlocations.com. I'm not affiliated with them. It's just a great website where you can look up float tanks. They're around the world. I had a couple people in, I don't know if it was Ireland. I think it was Ireland that 
they have float tanks there now, and they're floating over there. So look it up. It's a great way to relax yourself. It's a great way to meditate. It's a great way to reduce your cortisol. It's a great way to enhance your brain function. You get out of it, and everything seems brighter. Maybe another podcast topic for another episode, but there's plenty of information out there on them. Sounds good, Evan. I got to run, man, but it's been a great Friday, and I look forward to talking to you in a few days. Sounds great. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. All right. I want to know. I hope you still enjoy all of these episodes with Dr. Justin and I. I know the variety of guests has significantly decreased, but like you may have heard on the other episodes, sometimes it's fun to have guests on, and then sometimes I just want to dig into a topic and get to the bottom of it because... Usually somebody has something to promote, something to sell. Obviously, I'm selling myself with my services to you, my books, my health blogger pro membership site, things like that that keep me alive and keep me continuing on with this show and feeding myself and my family. But the thing is, at a certain point, you don't need a new paleo cookbook. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just hit a saturation point. And you don't need those new ideas, but these people don't want to come on to the show unless they have something to promote. They, a lot of people don't just want to come on to have a conversation. And, you know, there's all these different publishing companies and media companies that email you and they say, hey, you know, this person's a great fit for your show. They're this cool. This is how many letters they have after their name. And this is the book they've written and it's a bestseller and it's amazing and you got to have them on the show and we're going to send you this and all you have to do is do this for it. That's just gross. I don't want to do that, and I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to devalue my show or devalue my content to you. So I hope you respect that. I hope you appreciate that. Obviously, there's tons of different things that I can do like that that will likely elevate my show from, say, the top 50 of fitness and nutrition podcasts to maybe the top 10 or something like that. I don't need to do that to be there. I'd love if this podcast would hit number one because you go to iTunes and the 30 plus thousand of you that download this thing every month would write a review. If you guys would take a few minutes to write a review, that would get me up there and I don't have to do the sleazy things. So anyway, you may have heard me talking about giving away books. I'm still doing that. So if you do go to iTunes and you review the show, you go to notjustpaleo.com slash book, write a little note for yourself after you write the review. Once you go to that website, you'll see, hey, enter your iTunes username that you use to review the show. Boom. You put it in there. I've already shipped two books out, and I have, (laughs) you don't even want to know how many books I have. I just get too many. So I want to send them to you so you'll read them and enjoy them. So I know this is kind of a long rant here, but I'm just wanting you to understand that there are people out there that are going to look at you as a whole person. They're not just going to pick the elbow that's bothering you or the little tummy area that's bothering you. Because you can't, just like in fitness, you know, you can't spot target belly fat. You can't just go and do 100 sit-ups or 100 crunches and expect to get six-pack abs and disappear the belly fat. No. The way to do that is to strengthen your core, squats, exercises like that, encouraging the right type of nutrition plan for you that's going to enable you to metabolize some of that stored fat. And as fat comes off the body, it's going to come off of the belly area as a side effect of coming off the rest of the body. So you can't just magically shrink the belly area and still have that same percentage of body fat elsewhere on the body. It just doesn't work that way. So anyway, where am I going with all this? Well, I just want you to understand you are a whole person. And that's the only way that makes sense 
for you to go about improving your health and happiness. So if somebody says, look, this is the one little tiny piece of the puzzle that's going to make you better, or this is the one thing, you need this $3,000 water filter, and it's just going to magically change your life. It's alkaline water. It's going to revitalize your cells and whatever. If something seems like BS, it's probably BS. If it just seems too good to be true, it seems ridiculous, it seems scammy, it seems like you just want to like impulse buy it, like if that kind of fight or flight goes off and you're like, ooh, ooh, I, I just have to get this. This is this is it. This is the thing. It's probably not the thing. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but it's not. So long story short, thank you so much for listening to me. So in the meantime, check out my YouTube channel if you haven't already. I posted up my first video blog over there. I took some footage of me walking out in the forest, the park I used to work at. I know you've heard a million times, but I want you to see it. I took some video there with my wife and my buddy who was in town. We hung out by the creek for a little bit. I reviewed some of my favorite barefoot shoes, uh, the company Limbs and the company Soft Star Shoes. You may have heard them when I had Dr. Ray McClanahan, the foot doctor, on the podcast uh, probably last year sometime. They sent me some awesome elk moccasins and some barefoot shoes. So I reviewed those on the video. I want you to see those and check them out. So that's back at YouTube.com. Just type in Evan Brand. You'll find it. It's a cool video. Check it out. You can subscribe there. I'm going to put more videos up, some fun day-to-day stuff. Hopefully, I can inspire you to keep taking these different baby steps that are going to help you with your health and happiness. I feel like I've been ranting for probably 10 minutes. Hope you've had a blast listening to me here. Sometimes I feel disconnected from you all, so I really wanted to just spend some time here, just me and you, just connecting again, making sure that we're aligning with each other, making sure that as we head into 2016, before you know it, that we're on the same path together, that we're slowing down a little bit, we're downshifting, we're separating ourselves from the chaos as much as possible and creating our own little bubble of of peace and life. You know, ultimately that is my goal for you is to be able to create some margin in your life where you have the ability to relax and smell the trees and spend time with your loved ones and pet your animals and listen to good music and eat good food and all those things. That is what all of this boils down to. But that message may never come out directly. So that's what it is, directly. That is that is the goal. So if you need help in your journey, I offer free consults, 15, 20 minutes on the phone or Skype for international people. Have patients in New Zealand, Ireland, Mexico, Thailand, It's awesome. I love it. I have the best job in the world. You all know who you are. You have the opportunity as well. Visit the website, notjustpaleo.com. You'll see the schedule your complimentary consult up in the top right. It's a little text, or you can click the button. All right. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. He acts like it's all good, yeah, like everything's cool. Kiss her girl the night and then he leaves her. She doesn't have a clue that he's never been close. Why I'm in the tire, got to watch out, girl. Don't wanna see her by her eyes out, girl. Cause I've been watching, you've been hurting. Let me be the one that loves you better.